The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Starting from the Mishnah Ketzad, Hashem Mu'edet Le'echol Et Hara'u'ilah, which means how is Hashem Mu'edet, what makes Hashem Mu'edet, that's the uh, eating, the animal eating, Le'echol Et Hara'u'ilah, when it eats something that is befitting for it to eat. Habema Mu'edet Le'echol Perot Le'erakot, for example, Habema is Mu'edet to eat. Perot and Yirakot, fruits and vegetables. Achla kesut okenim, but if it ate, let's say, something that's not normally the eats, for example, kesut, clothes or kelim or vessels, meshalim hatsinezi, because then it would be considered like kerem, because it is not uh, the normal damaging. But made the brim amurim, bereshut anizak, oh, there's only talking about that shen is hayav in bereshut anizak, because the pasuk says, ubi air beste aher, only in ste aher, aval bereshut anabim, Patur, however, in the Shut Rabim, it is indeed Patur. As he says, the Ba'inan will be air beste aher. Vakesut ve kelim name Patur. Oh, so Gabriel is going to say that even Kesut and Kelim in the Shut Rabim, they're also going to be Patur. Now we have to see why. Because it's going back on everything. About the Shut Rabim Patur, it's back on everything. Whether it's eating fruit in the Shut Rabim or even Kesut and Kelim, we have to see why. Ve'im nehenit, meshalemet mashenehenit. If it had Hana'ah, even in the Shut Rabim, we'll see what this means when we get to the Gemara, if it had Hana'ah, you have to pay what it benefited. Because bottom line, it did benefit, it did eat some, some fruit, even though it wasn't the Shut Nizak, has to pay Mashin Hanit. We will see exactly what this payment means. Ketzad, Mishadimit Mashin Hanit. What's the case that it pays what it, what it enjoyed, what, it, what the it had? Akhla mitok arhaba. Let's say they ate in the middle of the Rishut Rabim. Marhaba, in the middle of the street. Then Mishadimit Mashin Hanit. Then it pays what it was needed. Mitzideh arhaba. But if they from the side streets, which is really not the normal way for an animal to go eat on the side streets, Mishadimit Ma Shezika, which is Hatzinezik. Or if it was a mu'ad, it would pay nizik shlom. So if it's normal in the Rishut Rabim, meaning in the middle of the street, I guess it's a normal, common place for it to eat, and has to pay much in the henit. We'll see what that calculation is. But if it's stuck its head in the side street over there, it's not normal, and it's kerin, pays it. Mepetach hachanut, if it ate from the front of the storefront where the fruit is normally put out, mishnerit mash in henit, you have to pay at least what, you, what, 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 what the pleasure was. Mitoka hachanut, if it went into the store, which is not normal, mishnerit mash in zikha, then it'll be a kerin again, and would pay hachin nizik. la basar it, it, it pounced on the animal and ate its meat mishalem nezek shalem same thing because it's considered kedarko upara she'achla se'urin however a para it's a cow that ate barley v'chamor she'achal karshinin that's a hamod that ate karshinin how do they explain karshinin? vetch okay v'chelev which is all things that are not normal for the animals to eat v'chelev shilikek at the shemen or a dog that licked up the oil v'chazir she'achal hatichat shel basar or a pig that ate hatichat shel basar again that's not normal mishalmim nezek shalem still they pay nezek shalem that she explains because even though it's not their first choice of achilah 
But if they have nothing else, they'll eat it. And therefore, it's considered achila al yadeh adachak. And achila al yadeh adachak is considered achila. And therefore, yachayat, even though it's not the normal thing for it to eat, don't think it's kidding. No, it's considered shem, and therefore it pays nezek shalem. Abal papa, ashtadamat, kumidi delavur hayu vaachra al yadeh adachak shem achila. Now they eat, tell me the rule. That anything the animal eats, al yadeh adachak, it's considered achila. Hayshun ra. This cat, the achal tamre, that ate dates. The hamra or a hamor, the achal binita, it's a type of fish. Mishalem, ezek shalem. Even though it's not the normal for these animals to eat these type of things, but they eat it aidea dak, and therefore you'll pay nezek shalem birshut hanizak. Hahu hamra dachan dahama. A certain hamor ate nahama, ate uh, bread. And bit the basket as well. As he was eating the bread, the Chaurai chewed up on the basket as well. So Yabra says, You have to pay Nezik Shalem for the bread, because that's considered Shin, right? That's considered a But on the basket, which is not normal for, for an animal to eat a basket, that's Kerin, therefore he paid Hatsi Nezik. Yabra says, Hold it. What do you mean when it's eating the bread? The devil the animals also to chew on the basket once eating the bread. So it should be considered urchayah. Therefore, we should pay full price next to for the basket as well. Kamala says, no, the achal vehadar palis. What happened was it ate the bread. After the bread was finished, it started to chew on the basket. That already is not normal. Therefore, the basket only pays hatiles kupat. Urchayahu is it the normal way of an animal? Of a hamor to eat bread? So comes the Gibran and says, Why? What's the question? It sounds like maybe even not the Adak. So Gibran, because if it's the Adak, we said already, even the Adak is okay. But the question is, is it normally to eat bread, this hamor? So Gibran says, Urmin hu, akhla, pat, basar, vet tafshil. It ate all these items. Pat and basar, vet tafshil. Mishalem hatsinezek. But only pays. Hatsinezek. My lad, the behema. And the Chayorah, we're talking about a behema like a hamor. Therefore, you see what? It's not the derech afilu aydea dahak to eat bread. So Gemara says, no. Behaya. Let's talk about a haya, wild animal. So Gemara says, haya, basar, urchehu. What are you talking about? Haya, the derech is to eat basar. So why are you telling me only puts hatsinezek on the basar? Gemara says, dimmadve. No, because it was roasted. Roasted meat is not the derech for it to eat. Vibaitema betavya. Or we're talking about tavya is a svi. Svi in darko be basar ve pat. And the type of animals that the derek we pat. Iba itema, le olam be behema. Really, I can tell you, know, the case over there, we pay hatsin ezik, it's talking about a However, ufat Torah, it's talking about he ate it off the table. Normally, it's not the derek for an animal to eat the food off the table. He eats uh, in the fields. So, therefore, it pays hatsin ezik. There was a certain ez, a goat. It saw a turnip or radish on top of the barrel. Salik. What happened? He attached himself and he climbed up the barrel to eat the radish. And he broke the barrel as he was eating the turnip. He made him pay for both the radish and the barrel itself. My tama. Since it's the derech to eat lifta. It's also the derech to climb up on the barrel and eat it in that way. Therefore, it's considered a urche. Therefore, you pay nezek shalem. That's not urche. When you, have, when you have food on a barrel, it climbs up on the barrel and eats it. When you have food on a table, it does not climb on the table and eat it. There's a difference between food on a table and food on a barrel. Comes the Gemara and says, <coughs> Oh, the Mephashu just point out, the Midi says that the, uh, the lefet is between shen and the barrel is between regal. Because you kicked the regal, I guess. So, he's got the gufa. The gufa is regal. Okay. Amar ilfa. Ilfa said, Behema b'rishut rabbim. Okay, interesting case. You have the animals in the shuta rabbim. Upashta sabrava akhla ma'alga bechavirta. And it stuck its head and ate fruit off another animal's back. How do you consider another animal's back? So the Gibraltar says, Hiba. He made him pay. Hayabit. Hayabit to pay. Nezik shalim. It's considered likely a shuta nizak, another animal's back. 
Because this animal is considered Hasir and Isaac. Therefore, even though it's not Hasir, but it doesn't matter, it's somebody else's property. That animal off its back is considered the property of somebody else. Therefore, it's considered the the fruit from the Hasir and Isaac, so to speak, and therefore it has to pay Nezek Shalim. I can bring a proof to this concept. What's the proof? The guy's walking, he has a kupato, he has a sack hanging over his shoulder from behind. And what happened? An animal went and stuck its head into the sack and started eating from it. Oh, so you see what? That it's considered a shoot. What a guy's holding on his shoulder is also considered a shoot. For the animal sticks his head into the sack and eats the fruit, it's considered a shoot. That what's on a person as well is considered shut and izak. Comes gemara kadamar abaz. No, that's not the reason. Be kofetz. Just like Rava explained in a different case, kofetz it. We'll see what that means. Achadame be kofetz it. So to over here, it's talking about kofetz it. What does this mean, kofetz it? Which means the animal over here jumped into the into the sack over there of the guy and grabbed it. And therefore, the reason why you have to pay is not because it's considered shit. It's not the normal way. That when it said hayevet, hayevet to pay, hatsi nezik because it was kidding. So you have no ra'ayah that what's on a person's back is considered hasir and izak. Really, I'll tell you what's on a person's back is considered a shoot. Harabim. And the reason why you have to pay because the animal did it in a strange way, jumped uh, into the, to, to grab the stuff. And then it's considered kidding. Therefore, you have no ra'ayah. Therefore, you have no where did we see Rava's case of Kofesit? Okay, which means as it's walking, as it's walking, it's eating Petura. Do not have to pay if it stopped and ate What's the difference? When, when he's walking, it's the urha. That's the derech to eat when it's walking. And therefore, the reason why you patuk is to shoot a rabim. And therefore, shen is not chayav to shoot a rabim. Amda nami urchehu. What do you mean? Amda also, when it's, when it's standing in position, the kara is also considered the derech. And therefore, you should also be pitura brishut harabim. Why did you say that amda brishut harabim that you are chayavet? Amarava bekofe said, because it was jumping. It was eating when it was jumping. Or grabbing. How does he explain kofe said? She jumps to get the food. She jumps to get the food. That's kidding. Oh, it's kidding. It's kidding. It's going to be hayah. That's why Omid it is difficult. It's talking about where it was omitted in the spike, but it was jumping to get the food. Therefore, it's in a not normal fashion. Therefore, it's kidding. But it's going to be hayah. So then we really didn't answer that question then. Which means we leave that in the bed. We weren't able to make a proof uh, to the case over there eating off the animal's back. What is this considered? Which is he wants to say consider the shoot and Isaac. We try to bring it ayah, but we say no, that case is difficult because it's kofesit. So the Gemara leaves it in uh uh comes out. It's Kmahlogan Rabbah and uh Rabah how to uh uh posek. Okay, we'll have to see what the uh the halakha is. But that's the shunim we'll discuss. Ba'ira bizera. Mitkalgil mahu. Okay, what's the question of mitkalgil? Literally mitkalgil means it is rolling. What does it mean, rolling? So the Gemara is going to explain. Now, <coughs> what's the case? Kegon de kaima amir b'shuti yahid. You have amir, a bundle, let's say, of uh, hay or straw that's in the shoot hayahid. The kam mitkalgel vatu b'shuti yahid b'shuti rabim. The animal rolls it out from the b'shuti yahid to the b'shuti rabim, and eats it in the b'shuti rabim. So how do you look at it? You look at where it came from, or where he's eating it. If you look where it came from, it's a b'shuti rizat. If you look where he's eating it, it's a shut rabim. The difference between hayavan ptur. My, <coughs> look at the Rashi fourth line. My, batar achila azlinan uftura or batar de shaklele azlinan vechayevet. Now you could have asked the other way as well. You could have asked the way that it's in the shut rabim and he rolled it into the shut Same question. Do you go where it started or where he ate it? It's just the reverse question. She says you could have asked it both ways. You have a load. Right? It's partially in the shoot. Partially in the shoot. Harabim. bifnim hayevet. If he ate it inside, hayevet. What does that mean? Smashma. He rolled it inside and he ate it inside. In the shoot. Achlab bachutz petula. 
Mashma, if he rolled it outside, he's going to be Petura Mailav, Mitkalgel, Vateh. Must be the case where he rolled it inside, outside. And what do you see over here? It doesn't matter where it came from, it goes where you ate it. Right? Again, you added the Shutah and Shutah Rabim. This is both places. What do you do? He says, if he ate, if he Mitkalgel. What did he do? He rolled it inside and ate it over there. Hayab. Rolled it outside and ate it outside. Patur. I don't care where it emanated from. You go where? He's eating it. Also, that answers that question. Goes where you're eating it. Kabbalah said, no, I don't have to explain like that. Ema achla alma shebifnim hayevet alma shebechutz petura. Which means, no, look at how she explains. She says, Ema achla alma shebechutz petura. Alma shaya munach betchila bachutz. Or what initially was bachutz, Petura, Valamunak Metera Bifnim, Hayevet, De Batar de Shaklele Azlinan, Beni Bifnim, Beni Bahuts. Which means maybe it means to say that what? It's going after where it started. Which means if I took the item that was outside, right? And I put it inside, a Patur. Because I go from where I took it from, and vice versa. If I took the stuff that was inside and I put it outside, who told you? Could be when it says Hayevit, uh, it's going in reverse. It's going on where it came from. So you have no ra'ayah from this braita. Again, yeah, it's part in, part out. So no, it's ra'ayah the other way. You have no ra'ayah then. Because I can clear it either way. Which means, I took the stuff that was outside, and I took it in, and patur. It says, Akhla Bifnim Chayevet. Which part Akhla Bifnim? He ate the Bifnim. Right, he, he, right, he ate the Bifnim outside. outside. So then he's Chayav, because it came from Bifnim. Or vice versa, Bachutz, right. okay. because it came from Bachutz. Because you have to where it came from. So you have no idea. So comes the Gabbana and says, Uyba, I'll give you another answer. Ki kamar bichayav biftila de aspasta. A long piece of straw. That what? That's half in, half out. And this was very simple. You ate the part that's outside, patud. You ate the part that's inside, hayav. It's a long piece of straw. And therefore very simple. Meshem bifnim, bifnim. Meshem bichutz, bichutz. Therefore you have no ra'ayat to a case of achna that was inside and you rolled it out. There's not a case of rolling. It's just one long piece and you ate half in and half out. And wherever you ate it and wherever it is, it's going to be hayav. Hivaytem, I'll look at that sheet. Le'olam kediktari. Achalato bifnim hayavet al kulo. This is not a case of Gilgul. It's a long piece of straw or grass. Oh, since this Rosh, here's the key, which means when you, you have the Rosh, part of it is outside, right? When you drag the the rosh of it outside, I told you kemande manach kulo dame. We look at it as if it's all in one place. That's not considered gilgul since it's a long piece of uh, 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 um, uh, a straw that spans both the shutra and the shutra bin. So wherever he's eating it, we consider the whole thing is in that section. So if he's eating it outside, we consider the whole thing. He's drawing it with his mouth. He's eating it. It's considered everything is outside. That's like Gilgul. Gilgul is talking about a small little thing, and you rolled it inside, you rolled it outside. Mashiach, when it's spanning the Shutta'ah, the Shutta'ah all together, that's like considered a Gilgul. We go after where he's eating it. That's what she says. Wherever the Behemah is standing. Behemah is inside, it's considered all inside. Behemah is outside, outside. Sa'ulin is like a gar'in. Dekhulek gar'in ka'eb b'fnim o'b'chutz. It's only either all inside or outside. Don't bring me a ra'ayah. In a kamata, it's a long piece. We have no ra'ayah. That's like considered gilgul. There I look at where the animal is standing. Wherever he's standing, that's considered where the item is. Because it's in both places. Mashikin, I want to know about a gar'in, a small little sa'ulah. Which way does it go? Okay, Gibran does not answer that question as well. Akhlaq kesut. Okay, what do we say in the Mishnah? <clears throat> if it ate b'shut tarabim, what's the deen? Hatsinezik. Because that's kidding. Or for that matter, if it ate kesut, also hatsi nezik. Because that's, uh, that's uh, not the derech. Okay? So now the Gemara says, let's just review the language of the Mishnah. The Mishnah's language was, Aval, Bereshut, Arimim, Patur. Uh, all that was talking about Bereshut, Anizak. 
אבל בשוט רבים פטור. פטור what? Which is, which is the case of the שוט רבים פטור? כאילו, אז אהיה. What's that case going on? אמרב אקולהו. It's going on all the cases. Even if the animal ate כסות וכלים in the שוט רבים פטור. אבל why? We should say it's כלים. כלים שמחייה בין שוט רבים, אז יש חצי נזק. אמרת אמר כל המשנה. ובא אחר ושינה בו פטור. Rule. Anybody that made a shinui, and then and somebody else can make another shinui patur. The guy that put the kisut in the shut rabim, he already did something that was wrong. What are you leaving your shirt in the shut rabim for? So therefore, you were the mishaneh. And somebody else comes down like this animal and acts in a shinui way, patur. Because you were mishaneh first. So therefore, kisut in the shut rabim, patur legam, it's not even kerin. Because there was a shinui before that, somebody by leaving the uh, item there. Ushuel amar, no, no, shanu elah. פירות וירקות, no. פירות וירקות will be פטור לגמרי in רשות הרבים, because it's not רשות הריזק, אבל כסות וכלים חייבת, כסות וכלים חייבת, חצי תזק, וכן אמר אשתקיש, אקוליהו, it's going back on both cases like the first שיטה, פטור לגמרי, because he was a משנה, כל המשנה, ואחר ושינה, פטור לגמרי, ואז אשתקיש, לתעמד אמר אשתקיש, שתי פרות בשוט רבים, you have two cows in Resting in the Rishut Rabim, lying down in the Rishut Rabim. Be'at me'alechet. And one is walking. Be'ata me'alechet berbusah. If the one that was walking kicked the one that was lying down, peturah. Why? Because already that animal that's lying down is considered a shinui. It's mishuneh. You don't lie down in the Rishut Rabim, a cow. Therefore, even though he acted in a shinui way by kicking him, peturah. Rebutzah be'me'alechet. But the opposite. If the rebutzah kicked the one that was walking, which is the normal way... Then already it's considered hayevit, because be'otah is kidding, and therefore you'll be paying hatsin ezik. So Gabriel says, well, what's the logic? The logic is like I told you, because the rivutzah is a mishunay already. So when you kick the rivutzah, hey, you're already acting in a shinui way. So I was mishunay also, because I kicked. Kola mishunay, obah, har mishinah, patur. But the opposite way, if the rivutzah kicked the me'alech, and me'alech is doing the normal thing. Therefore he kicked it, so therefore that's kidding. Be'aitah, therefore he's hatsin ezek. So that's follows the shtakish. Rebbe Hanan Amalu, Shano Ela Perot V'Yirakot. He says, no, only Perot V'Yirakot. That's when you're going to be patur in the Shut Rabim. Aval kesut ve'kelim ha'yebet. Oh, le'ema, Rebbe Hanan, let'le, the shtakish. Afilu b'shte parot. Does he argue even in the case of the two cows? Lo, le'olam itle. He agrees to the case of the cows. Also, what's the difference? Kesut avdi inchidimanhe gilime umitabhe. Which means it's the way of people to leave their garments in the Rishut Rabim. Temporarily. He wants to take a rest, so he puts his kilim down. That's what's considered a shinui. So, therefore, if the animal comes along and breaks the kilim, it's not considered that the first guy was Mishaneh. It's a dinner to put your clothes down for a minute or two, whatever it is. However, But for an animal to lie down in a shoot Rabim, even for a second, that is not the Derek. And therefore, he agrees to the Parot case, but he argues on the Kesut case. Sometimes you, 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 you want to take a break in the middle of the walking, so you rest. Also, that case over there, in he holds that. The guy that put his clothes on is not a mishaneh. Therefore, the animal that comes in Easter claims to be hayav nezik, hatsi nezik like kiren. However, by the animal case, he agrees petula because it's not the dinner for the animal. So he was mishaneh when he sat the animal. Therefore, he was mishaneh by hayav nezik because he kicked him. Patur legamre gamra continues. Vim nehinit mishalemet. Okay, let's see what this means. Gemara says. When it ate in the Rishut Rabim, Mishalim it Mashin Hinit. Okay. We have to see what this means over here. So the Bifashim say, first of all, you're not considered a Mazik. Because it's not really a Ezek. Rishut Rabim is not considered a Ezek of Shin. And it's considered your own money, so therefore you don't have to pay from Edith, you can pay from Benoni, as a din of a Balchov. It's not a Mazik, but you have to pay, so when you did eat something, we're not going to get you in a mazik, we'll get you as a malchot. But what's the calculation? That's what Yabarat says, what is the mashinini? The kama, Rabbi Amar, deme amir, which means, even though he ate uh, uh, barley, which is hundred dollars worth, listen, I wasn't going to feed my animal barley, I was going to feed him straw, I'll pay you straw. Mashinini, I benefited. Yeah, I would feed my animal straw. Therefore, I'll pay you fifteen dollars for the straw value of this item. No, he holds. You got to pay in Bali, but you could pay 
cheap. One third off the price. Which means, oh, I'm not paying the expensive price to buy, I could have got it cheaper. So therefore you pay from the item, but you can discount it at the lower market. Good? Comes Quran says, Tanya Kivatid Rabba, Tanya Kivatid Rabba. Tanya Kivatid Rabba, the Bishop and Yochai, Amma. We have a Tanya Kivatid from the Bishop and Yochai, and Mishadimit Ila Deme Amir Bilvad. You only have to pay for straw. You don't have to pay the value of the barley at all. Tanya Kivatid Rabba in the Hinit. Let's say perot that are very expensive. And on him to shalim demen. You don't have to pay the value of expensive fruit. How much would a person pay uh, in, let's say, seorim, uh, in value to pay that? Even though, let's say, he does not like to, to feed seorim. Normally, he's like to pay cash. Uh, uh, no, so you pay the value of the item that it ate, but at a discounted price. So that's the Tanya converted to Rava. However, the Gemara's daughter says, which is Pashut, But if the animal ate, let's say, Hatin, wheat, which is bad for the animal, Peturin the Gavri. Because I wouldn't have fed it at all. At all. See, I got to pay, listen, bottom line, my animal benefited. I'm not paying Saudin uh, for, uh, you know, $100. But you have to pay Saudin. I'll pay it discounted. Now, you, according to Rabbi, you can't pay for, 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 for uh, cash and tevin. Oh, but if he ate something that you didn't do any favors, I wouldn't have uh, fed, it, fed, fed it all this item. It's mazik. Then you do not have to pay anything at all. Amara continues. Amara so Rav Hazdan tells Rami Barhamma, you weren't with us in the evening, Tehuma is another way of the Gemara saying in the Bet Midrash. The Bet Midrash is the Tehum, is the, is the borders of Klai Yisrael. That's another way of saying the Bet Midrash. Says, you weren't with us in the Bet Midrash last night. We had a very, very strong question. Amar, She said, what was the question that you had? So he told him, the question was like this. A person goes and lives in his friend's courtyard without him knowing. He doesn't tell him. He just packs, packs himself up and he goes and he lives in his friend's courtyard. What's the question? Does he have to pay him rent? Does he have to pay him for it? Well, what's the question of it? We, we, we need to know more information. So the Abba says, Hechi What's exactly the case? Ilema. Maybe we're talking about a case. Bahasir de lo kaimale igra. That it's a chasir that anyway the owner doesn't rent out. So it's not like there's going to be any loss of money. He doesn't plan on renting it out. Vigavlad de lo avid le megab. And the guy that's staying in the courtyard is a guy that doesn't really need the place. He has homes. He doesn't need to rent. So therefore, it's a classical case of ze lo ze lo which means the guy that's staying in the courtyard, he's not, he's not benefiting really because he wasn't going to rent the house anyway. So it's not like he's saving any money by doing what he's doing. And the Baal it is not out of any money because he wasn't renting the place regardless. So therefore, Gemara assumes for sure he would not have to pay anything because nobody's had anything. Gemara says, Oh, so if we're talking about a case of a chaser, where the guy normally gets a rental out of it, the gavrad David lemegar, and the fellow needs to rent the place before he's saving money by freeloading in this guy's uh, backyard, uh, he's benefiting because he saved rental, he's losing out because now nobody's going to rent, because it's occupied. So Gabriel says, you're right. Lord Serikha, the case must be talking. It's talking about a chatzir that normally he doesn't rent out. But the fellow usually rents. So he's benefiting because he's saving a rental. But the guy that he's staying by is not losing out anything. My, what's the deen? Matzeh amar 
the fellow that's staying in the courtyard can say, May hasartich. Well, well, how could you charge me? I didn't cause you any loss. You weren't renting it out anyway. It's not like you're losing out any money. Or Dilma, or maybe, Matsi Amar, hi, the owner can say, hi, itanit. What do you mean? I gave you a benefit, which means you saved money. You know, if you didn't freeload in my backyard, you'd have to pay your rental. So then were the questions, who has the claim? So comes Gibran says, Amar le, so Rav Chazda tells him, Matnitini. Tells him it's a Mishnah Mefureshet. He says, uh, Hey Matnitin, uh, which Mishnah are we talking about over here? That's a Beferush Mishnah. Amar le, so he tells him, Lechit Shemeshli. You want, you want me to tell you the answer? Serve me first. Do a, a light a service to me. And then I'll give you the, uh, the answer. It seems, once he would serve him, he would become subservient to whatever he said. So therefore he wanted to, to accept the answer. So this was a method that Akamim had, that they would tell their students first, serve me, do something for me, and then I'll tell the answer. It wasn't out of ego or searching for honor. This was a methodology they had, that once you serve the person, so now you're more prone to accept what they're going to say. So what did they do? Shakal Sudre. So he took the rabbi's uh, sudar, his head covering. Karachle. He folded it for him. He right, did him the service. Amale. So he tells him, Im neenit, mishalemet mashineenit. Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, a guy put his fruit in the Rishut Rabim, in the public domain. Another guy's animal came and ate the fruit in the Rishut Rabim. The Mishnah's deen was that he had hana'a, the animal ate. He has to pay what he was nene. Even though, like Maraz assuming over here, that it's a case of zeh he's benefiting, because bottom line, his animal did eat. And the Gemara is saying, assuming that this is zeh lo because it seems the guy threw away his fruit anyway. So it's not like he's, he's out any money. He threw, his, he threw his fruit in the public domain already. So he says, and what does the Mishnah still say? He's got to pay. So you see what? This freeloader that stayed in the guy's backyard, he's benefiting. I don't care if the guy's not had any money. You gotta pay. So Ravad. So Ravad comes along and says, Margish. How much does a person not have to fear and not have to worry? Of what? Of trouble. Gavra de mare Because God protects a person. Which means when he heard his answer, he said, what kind of answer is that? This, even though your proof is wrong, but he's right in, 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 his, in his conclusion. He had the right answer with the wrong proof. So he says, look at this. People don't have to worry about anything. No matter what happens to them, God is still there to protect them. That was the rabbi's response. Even though I don't like your proof. He says that the proof is really not, uh, is what Abba was saying actually. He says the proof is not really similar to what we're trying to prove. However, Kibla mine hai, which means he still, Kibla uh, mine, he still uh, accepted it. Now the question is, why is it not similar? So the Gibra says, Hai ze nene veze haser, ve hai ze nene veze lo haseru. Why is it not an, uh, analogous? We're talking about a case where the owner is not, uh, uh, is, is out. He usually rents his uh, field. He rents his chaser. This guy came along and freeloaded. So we're trying to figure out a case of zeh uh, ze This guy is uh, benefiting, excuse me. Vezeh lo chaser. Where the guy who owns the field is really not out of anything. So we're trying to figure out a case of Good. And you bring me a case of our Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah is different. The case of our Mishnah is Zechaser. Because even though he threw his fruit out in the public domain, he didn't relinquish them yet. There's still his fruit. You're right. Maybe he's expecting them to get eaten. Maybe he's expecting them to to let's say, uh, spoil or di- di- diminish in its uh, price, but he didn't relinquish ownership yet. So therefore, bottom line, when this animal eats, the owner is chaser. He did incur a loss. You can't bring me a case from our uh, Mishnah, 
Our Mishnah is talking about Zechaser. The guy that threw the fruit in the public domain is out something. Maybe minimal, but he's out something. We're trying to find a case where the owner is lo hasid. So he says, you know what? Nice try, nice, he brought a nice proof, but it's not really analogous to what we're trying to prove over here. He says, but you know what? Even though he didn't bring the right proof, the rabbi accepted it from him anyway. To show you that the person doesn't have to worry from sickness and worry from problems, because no matter, even if he's wrong, he's right. Even if things are not right for him, Borei Olam will protect him. Just look at the rabbi. He gave an answer to the question. It was the wrong answer. It wasn't a fair analogy. And still the rabbi accepted it from him. You have nothing to worry about when Borei Olam is with the person. Even if he says the wrong answer, he has a siyata. Vishmaya. Kamil Yomaran said, Oh, what was that? I mean, but Hamas logic, but... We've got to explain what he meant. He was a smart rabbi. He must have understood. He said, now my analogy is good. When he threw the perot in the Rishut Rabim, a normal guy that throws fruit in the public domain, he relinquishes ownership. He don't want them. He doesn't care for them. So therefore, it's considered You're going to ask me a question. So what does he have to pay anything for then? If he's mafkir them, what does he even have to pay uh, a minimum amount? Because like I told you before, when he threw them into the Shut Rabim, he relinquishes ownership, but not fully, until they're going to be totally spoiled. So therefore, since he has a little uh, connection to his perot still, so therefore the owner has to pay something, but it's considered like a case of Comes the That's the way the Tosafot explains. Look at Tosafot, Afkurem Mafkarnehu. Second to spot on the page. No, the gamre. I'm not mafkir it in totality. Then we don't have to pay anything. Right, which means he, he gives up hope on them because he thinks they're going to get trampled and things like that. But he's going to have to pay him at least what he what he benefited. Because as long as it still has a value, until it gets trampled, until it gets ruined, you have to pay the guy what your animal benefited. So therefore, it's a case of really, that he's having really because he was really mafkir them to a certain degree, and therefore his analogy to the case of the house is a fair analogy. Comes Yomar and says, Tenan, we have a Mishnah. Okay, what's the case? You have a guy who has a field in the center. Another guy comes in by Ruben has a field in the center. Shimon comes along and buys fields surrounding that. To the right, to the left, on top. Now, uh, Shimon needs to gate his fields. Well, he needs to gate his fields from both sides. He needs to gate it from the outside to protect his fields from people on the outside. And he has to gate himself from the inside to protect his fields from Reuven that's in the center. So the Yabala says, what did he do? The guy, he put walls around his field from all three sides. Right? He put a wall around the three sides that he's surrounding the, the field. See again, you have Reuven in the center, Rashi gives a picture which is perfect, you see over here, he puts the opposite names which is fine, you have Sadeh Shimon in the middle, and you have Sadeh Reuven on the side, you see Reuven has two walls, an outer wall to protect his fields from the outside, and he has an inner wall to protect it from Shimon. We don't make Shimon help foot the bill. He doesn't have to pay for any of this, even though he's, uh, he's benefiting somewhat, but we don't make him uh, pay because really he's still not benefiting because the fourth wall is wide open. So therefore he's really not uh, protected. His field is not totally enclosed. So therefore it's not considered a Hana'ah yet to Shimon. However, But if Reuven would buy the fourth field and he would wall that fourth field, now Shimon is getting a pure benefit because now his whole field is enclosed with a fence and mashma from the Gemara that he would have to pay. He would have to chip in to pay for the uh, Shmamina Zene Hayav, which means Shimon is Nene. 
He's benefiting. Reuven is not out anything because he was building the fence anyway. And still you see what? The implication is he would have to pay. Shani They can't bring a proof from there. The Amar le at li hekefa yetera. In that case over there, the reason why Shimon has to fit the foot the bill with him, because the Uven can say, Listen, you caused me to make extra hekef, which is because of you now I had to you know make a bigger uh, fence. Now she explains that, and she says, If it wasn't for your field that was right in the center, all I would have to put is an outer, outer fence. And I would have been protected. Now because you're in the middle, I need to protect myself from you also, so i got to put a fence on the fourth side. So that's not a classical case of, uh, The reason why I could come and charge you is because, uh, you caused me uh, out of pocket because your field over there is so. Therefore, no proof. Tashema, Amar says, "Im Ahmad Nikaf, Nikaf is Shimon. That's the guy that they're surrounding. They got that at He on his own went after Reuven fenced in three sides. Shimon came along and said, "You know what? That four sides opening is bothering me." He went and he fenced the fourth side himself. Oh, now you come on and say, oh, so you did benefit. You did enjoy these defense. What's the proof that you enjoyed it? You yourself fenced the fourth side. Now you got to chip in with me to all the other sides because you proved from your actions that you benefited. Uh, that's only because he indicated by fencing it himself. patur. Oh, but if the Uven would have fenced all four sides, it sounds like from the implication that Shimon would be patur, shma'mina aser, patur. So now we can bring a proof the other way. That zene he's benefiting the Uven. I mean, Shimon is benefiting from a fence on all four sides. hasir. And the uh, Uven's not losing anything because he was going to fence anyway. And now you see what? He's patur. Shaniatam. That case is different as well. The Amarle, because the Uven could tell Shimon, Listen, I wasn't, uh, I can't afford to put a fence like this. I was only putting a fence that's worth one Zuz. And therefore you cannot come along now and charge me for anything. The reason why Shimon doesn't have to chip in over here is because he says, listen, you put a nice fence of stones and bricks and things like that. I wasn't, you want me to pay for it? I can't do that. I wasn't planning on doing that. I was going to put a cheap fence over there of, uh, you know, thorns or whatever it may be. And therefore, yeah, I'm not paying you uh, for the uh, for this price over there. So we still did not bring a conclusive proof yet to this case of we get a proof. Habayit va'aliyah. Oh, you have a duplex. You have two family. That guy lives on the bottom, guy lives on the top. Shel shenayim. Two people living. One guy lives on the bottom, one guy lives on the top. Shenaflu. What happened? It caves in. Now, they got to rebuild. Now, you can't build the second floor until the guy in the bottom builds the bottom floor. Afi amar So the second floor guy says to the guy in the first floor, do me a favor, could you build your floor so I can build mine on top of yours? I'm not interested. Uh, he can't build his uh, second floor in the air. So what does he do? Buy it. So the Baaliyah, the guy in the second floor, builds the first floor. The Yoshev Ba. And he can live in there. Until he gives him his money. Which means he's got to pay him what he is. He paid money to build this floor. So therefore, he could stay there until the first floor guy is willing to pay him for the money that he uh, spent to build it. He's only obligated to pay him what he spent to build the first floor. But he doesn't have to pay him rent. Which means, he can't say, listen, uh, you owe me uh, $2,000 in materials because I spent to build your first floor. Oh, but then the guy's going to say, but you know what? 
subtract $200 a month rent. Ah, you know, so he lives rent free. So what do you see? You see a classic case, the guy was nene, because he needed a place to stay. If he wasn't going to live there, he was going to pay rent somewhere else. Because the guy who didn't rebuild, obviously he wasn't planning on rebuilding. So therefore it's not like he's losing out anything. So therefore, what do we say? He doesn't have to reimburse him. He doesn't have to pay for the anah that he's getting. That case is different also. Because the bottom floor is mishubad to the top floor. Which means since you can't build a top floor without a bottom floor, so therefore, <coughs> I don't have to pay you rent, which means you're obligated to me. Since you didn't build the bottom floor, I wasn't able to build the top floor. So therefore, I don't have to pay you rent. Because you are mishubad to me. You had to build. So you didn't build? Listen, you reimbursed me because I built your floor over there. But I'm not paying you rent because I don't have to pay somebody that's obligated. You're obligated to me to make sure that you build. So therefore, that's why he doesn't pay. So again, as lo- once we give an excuse, we don't have an ayah. We need to show a pure case of who pays. But on all these proofs that we bring over there, we're saying, oh, the reason why he pays, or he doesn't pay is because of this, because of that. It's external reasons. We need to find a pure case of like the case we're looking for. A guy goes and moves into his friend's backyard. He's benefiting because he wouldn't have to pay rent. But his friend, he wouldn't rent out that backyard. We need to find a similar case that doesn't have any external factors. Here, it was a duplex. Uh, so the reason why he doesn't have to pay is because he's obligated to build a floor for him. And therefore, since he didn't do it, he doesn't have to pay rent. Ah, you have a case. Guy's living in his friend's uh, backyard. Without him knowing. Oh, that's the exact case we're looking for. He's got to pay him rent. He wasn't renting. He's benefiting. He's got to pay him. That's different also. The blackening of the walls. Seems when the guy's going to live in the field, or in the backyard, whatever it may be, he's making a fire. He's cooking. He's doing whatever he's doing. So all of a sudden now you cause the walls of this guy to become blackened. Hey, Once already you're ruining the guy's property, now already we're going to charge you. We're talking about a pure case where the guy who's living in the backyard is not taking away anything from the owner. He's just taking his sleeping bag, he goes in the backyard, he sleeps, there's no darkening of the walls, there's no smoke. This case over there, once already the owner comes out and sees, hey, what did you do to my backyard over here? You ruined the whole wall. Now already can charge him. That's, that's clear. We want a case over here of Zeneneb, Zelo Chaser. We want the guy not out. And this guy's out something now. So that's what he has to pay. They sent to the Beit Midrash of Rabbi Ameh. They want to know the answer to this question. Amar, Vechi ma'asalo, Umahasro, Umaiziko. Answer them, listen, what did he cause him a loss? No. Did he damage him? No. Therefore, he doesn't have to pay. Which means to the rabbis in the Bible, it was Pashut. He doesn't have to pay. What are you going to charge him for? He didn't use any, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't damage anything. He didn't take away anything. You weren't renting it out anyway. So the rabbis in the Bible, that's to them, was Pashut. Patur. However, Rabbi Hayabar Abba Amar Nit Yashiv Badabar. Hayabar Abba said, you know what? We gotta analyze it. It's not so simple. Not so pashut like you're making it. We need to we need to ponder it. Hadar So they sent again the same question of Hayabar. After we said I have to ponder it, they sent the same question of Hayabar Abba. Amar well, you're still sending me the same uh, question? Ilu 
If I would have got the answer, wouldn't I have sent you back? But you asked me this question already. Would I tell you? I got to think about it. So you sent me another delegation with the same question? If I would have had the answer, wouldn't I have sent it to you? I don't have the answer yet, obviously. I'm still thinking about it. Itmar, Rav Amar of Yohanan, Eno Sarikh Lealot Lo Sechan. Good. Rav Kanasan, name of Yohanan, En Sarikh Lealot Lo Sechan. Zen Hene, Vezen Lo Chaser, Patur. Does not have to pay. Rabbi Abu Amar of Yohanan, Sarikh Lealot Lo Sechan. Okay? Machloket. He says, no, he has to pay. Two different ways of looking at it. Amar Papa had Rabbi Abu. That which Rabbi Abu said in the name of Rabbi Yohanan, that you have to pay. You know, Rabbi Yohanan didn't say it explicitly. Rabbi Yohanan said something, and Rabbi Abu deduced from that something that must be has to pay. What did Rabbi Yohanan say? It's a Mishnah. We're talking about over here a gizbar. What's a gizbar? Gizbar is the administrator of Hegdish, of the consecrated properties of the Bet HaMikdash. Now the gizbar, as I said, is an administrator. He has rights to sell the property of Hegdish if he deems fit that it's for the benefit of Hegdish. So it says, Natal even If let's say, by mistake, the Gizbar, this administrator, takes a stone or a beam that belongs to the Egdesh, He's not considered uh, using it for personal benefit, because anyway the, the uh, stuff of Egdesh is in his domain already. So he didn't do anything to it. He didn't sell it. He didn't uh, change it. He just took the item and he's walking around with it. So as long as he didn't change the item or sell the item, it's in his domain from the beginning, he's not considered over transgressing me'ilah. Me'ilah means you're not allowed to use Hikdash for your private benefit. So as long as the Gizbar didn't do anything, when he just took it for himself, what do you mean took it for himself? He didn't do anything really, he just thought that it was his. Nothing happened yet. However, once unintentionally, the Gizbar gives this beam to his friend. At that moment that he transfers domain, now already, the Gizbar makes Me'ilah, because the Me'ilah takes place at the time of the transfer. Once the transfer takes place, and who did the transfer? The Gizbar. He transferred it from his domain to the other domain. Now already, it's considered that the Gizbar makes Me'ilah, but not his friend. Because by the time his friend got it, it was out of the Rishut of Ignesh already. So Kamaran says, oh, Let's say the Gizbar. He took this beam, he put it in his roof, he put it in the part of his house. He's not considered Me'ila yet. Why? Because it was always in his domain yet. Just because he put it on his roof, he didn't change it yet. It didn't leave his domain. Therefore, he's not considered uh, a Ma'al. However, uh, until he lives in the house and benefits from the roof, a shaveh peruta is worth. He lives in the house for, for one minute, let's say. So now already he's benefiting from the from the beam. That already is considered a mi'ira. Ve'amar Shemuel, continue, Shemuel says, Ve'u shenihua, o sheniha, alpi arubah, the case is talking about where you put it on top of the aruba, on top of the skylight. Now she says, Which is if the guy would have banged it into the, into the roof, then already he made a shinui. Once he makes a shinui, once he changes the uh, beam, he's hayav right away, without even living in it. We're talking about a case where there was just like a hole in the roof. The guy took a plank, the gizbar, just filled up the hole, so you didn't change the beam at all. You didn't put any nails in it. You didn't paint it. So then the deen is, once he sits under the roof for a amount of time where you can say there's a benefit to it, at that point he has hayad me'ilah. That's what that's all Rabbi Yohanan said. So comes the Yohanan says, V'yativ Rabbi Abu Kamid Rabbi Yohanan. Oh. 
Okay. Yatib Rabbi Abu Kamed Rabbi Yohanan. So Rabbi Abu was sitting in front of Rabbi Yohanan, the Ka'amar Mishemed Shmuel. And he said, in the, he said in front of Shemuel, Zot Omeret. This teaches us, Hadar Bechaser Havero, Shalom Dato, person sits in his friend's property without his friend knowing, Sarik La'alot Lo Sechar. Which means, Rabbi heard this Mishnah, this is the story, Rabbi heard this Mishnah. The Mishnah is not Rabbi Yohan, the Mishnah is a Mishnah that talks about the Gizbah. Once he puts the beam in the roof, and he benefits from it even in Shavit Peruta, at that moment already it's considered Mu'ayim. Oh, Rabbi Abu said, oh, that's a nice Mishnah. You know what I learned from here? I could deduce another law from this uh, Mishnah. And what could you deduce this Mishnah? If a guy goes to his friend's field, and he lives in his Chatzir, without him knowing it, He's got to pay him. Where in the world did he learn that law from the case of Hegdesh? So Rashi explains to us. Look at Rashi. Zotomeret, the bottom Rashi. Zotomeret, When the Gizbar lives under the, the roof, Hayav, Even though... He did it without knowing, which means he did it without Hegdesh, without, without him knowing, which means, in this case over here, the Gizbar took the, the beam. Obviously he didn't know that it was Hegdesh, otherwise he wouldn't have taken it. And what did he do? He put it on top of his uh, roof over there. And what are we saying? We're saying over there he's got to pay Hegdesh. He's got to re- re- reimburse Hegdesh. Oh, now even though... Technically, Hegdesh is not losing out anything. Hegdesh is lo chaser. And this guy over here is nehene. So, ze nehene veze lo chaser. So, therefore, well, he has to pay. So, similarly, if I go, a guy goes and lives in his friend's backyard. He's having an ah. It's shalom midato. That's the key over here. It's shalom midato. Which means when I go into the guy's field and I'm sleeping in his backyard, he doesn't know about what I did. Similarly over here, when uh, he's sitting in the uh, house with the Higdesh on top of his head, he's benefiting from the Higdesh, and the she says, Even though it's Shalom Midat Higdesh, which means, so to speak, uh, the Egdish doesn't know about it. Which means, he's the Gizbah, he's only the Egdish. So he's like the Egdish. He doesn't know about it. So therefore he's benefiting from a property without the owner, so to speak, knowing. And we're saying that he has to, he has to pay. So comes the and says, and he, so he told us to Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi quoted him the Mishnah, as oh, you know Rabbi, from here, I learn a law, what you're telling me from this Mishnah. That just like the Gizbah, that's doesn't know Shalom He doesn't know that this is Egdesh. And what? But he's having anaha and we say he has to reimburse Egdesh. So it's Similarly, if somebody goes to his friend's backyard without his knowledge and benefits, he has to pay him. What was Abu Hanan's reaction? So it says He heard him. Kept quiet. So the Bavu said, oh, must be for I kept quiet when I gave him this theory, must be he's agreeing with me. Well, that's not so. He didn't even pay attention to what he said. Because he was following Rabbah's opinion. Which means, there's no such thing when we say Hegdesh Shilomidat, there's no such thing. Because even though the Gizbar did not know that this item is Hegdesh, but Shekhinah knows. Look at the top Tosfot. Perusha Kuntras, it's actually the, tosfot, the Rashi on the bottom of the page, but you can read it in Tosfot also. Perusha Kuntras, the Da'at Shekhinah Ika. What does that mean, Da'at Shekhinah Ika? The shikh, there's always somebody that knows. Hegdesh is God's property. So therefore you can never say the case is in Hegdesh. 
it's shenomi da'at. It's without knowledge. What do you mean? Shekinah knows exactly. So the parallel case would be a vignesh is like going into your friend's backyard with his knowledge. Oh, with his knowledge is another story. We want to know, with his knowledge, if he forgives you, he forgives you. But we want to know a case where you went into your friend's backyard without his knowledge. You can't bring me a case of Higdish. Higdish is always considered with knowledge. The knowledge of who? The knowledge of the Shekinah. Shekinah knows what's going on over there. So therefore you have no... So that case over there, you went in with knowledge, you have no... no, no so therefore look at the bottom Rashida. She says the same thing on the bottom. Look at Rashi on Chaf Abu Bet Be'ekdesh Lekal Lememash Shalom Mida'at Teda'at Shekhinah Ika The Shekhinah knows Hilka Kedyot Mida'at Dameh Therefore it's similar to the case of Mida'at Therefore we have no Ra'ayah To our situation We're trying to bring a case over here of Shalom Mida'at Which means If the Baalabayit knows that the guy's coming in. And he doesn't say anything, for sure they don't have to pay anybody. Well, what's the Hadush on that? If he sees Shimon's the Baalabai, the Uven moves in. He tells him, Shimon, I'm moving into your backyard. He keeps quiet. So what about him? He knows he's forgiving him. We want a case over here where you don't know what would happen. The guy, the Uven moved in, Shimon didn't know about it. Now all of a sudden, Shimon finds out, hey, you were living in my backyard over here, and now already does he have to pay? Or not. So if you cannot bring it a ayah from Egdesh, which is a case where there is da'at, not, not a human da'at, but da'at of the Shekhinah. Okay? Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.